there's such an advantage for this next generation and for people right now, because no matter what you're interested in, you can just Google whatever that is, whether it's real estate investing or how do how do I change who I am? How do I change? You know, there's so many resources out there and you can Google it and find books, podcasts, YouTube. Are you looking for true personal freedom? The freedom to design a life you truly desire? then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's gonna help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. All right. Well, welcome everybody to the Rich Mind Podcast. And today I have, I say it every time, but I have another fantastic guest. And the reason why I say this is because every single one of them are just near and dear to my heart. They've helped me in so many ways. And I just know that they're going to bring a ton of value to the conversation and to you and your life. So I'm super excited today to bring to you Kara Ayala. She is from Austin, Texas. She's a successful wife. She has raised three awesome children, which I look forward to getting into a little bit further. I know that uh, that story resonates with my wife's and I's as far as our three kids, for sure. But she's also built businesses. She's a successful podcast host as well. And we'll get into all those details a little bit later on. But first off, just welcome, Kara, to the podcast. Super excited that you're here today. I am so excited to be here and so honored and really, really excited for you to um, put this podcast out to the world because you have so much to offer the world. So I'm excited about it. Well, you encouraged me about a month ago now to really step into this and I've done it, right? Sometimes it becomes a little bit reluctant because your subconscious is pushing back, you know, things, resistance starts popping up, but through your support and through your help, definitely taking the leap. So once again, I I appreciate you, your support and looking forward to the conversation today. So first off, can you just give everybody a little bit of context, a little bit about Kara? That's that's such a like a broad question, <laughs> but um, I think if I was to tell somebody who I am, I'm this is a word has came to me recently. I feel like I'm a love warrior, <laughs> and that might sound kind of crazy, but I just I really see the best in people, and I think it's a gift that I have is just really seeing the best in people and then pulling that up to the surface and mirroring it back to them. And I'm a wife. You already kind of said the things that I that I am and my titles, but I think relationships is probably the most important thing for me, and not only my family relationships, but the relationships I have with other people. Um, I like deep connections. Um, I just love people. I love people for who they are. I'm an introvert, but I am also extroverted in certain circumstances and love to be around people. I just don't like surface conversations. So I'm excited about this conversation because I know it won't be surface. Yeah, there you go. And your story there about being an introvert, I'm 100% in that category as well. I know you've shared in the past how it takes, you just have to set aside time, right? For yourself to kind of unplug and to recharge your battery. And I'm Mm -hmm. 100% in that same category. So once again, that part of, of your story resonates with mine so deeply. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Looking Really looking forward to digging into the, to the conversation here. So let's start off. I, I've got three questions to ask it, and we'll go as deep or as far as you'd like. Just feel free to let it ride and let it run, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But the first question I have for you is, who has had the biggest influence on your life? I love this one. And um, you sent it over beforehand. And I'm like, man, it's really hard to pick one person who has had the most influence on my life. I think it's kind of tied between my mom and 
probably Mike, my husband. They both have had huge impacts and still to this day, they're two people that I really um, look up to and respect for different reasons, right? So for my mom, she's just always been a very spiritual mentor for me. And my biggest cheerleader, she's the person who you know, whatever I say I'm going to do, she's so encouraging and wants me to chase all of my dreams and has just always had my back. And then Mike, he's really like helped me. I think it just always expanded me in the fact of we can do like anything is possible and setting my mind to those things and really opened my mind to entrepreneurship because I was pretty closed off to any kind of entrepreneurship when we were first together. And for the first couple of years of marriage, I didn't want to own my own business. I thought that if you owned your own business, you wouldn't have family and time with your family, which was really important to me. As I even said, when I opened up, like relationships are the most important to me. But what I didn't realize is that was actually a tool to feed into what we truly desired and just help me to understand there's a different perspective. And, you know, when it was time for us to actually do that business, it actually was me pushing for it in the end, because I realized, you know, we had spent all of these years and he was working and I was working, but we were, he was working out of town, which, you know, that was taking away from our family. And so I was like, well, let's just go for it and try it. And so it was really me pushing at that point to just try it and see what it is. But I feel like he's always expanding me in that in those sort of areas. You mentioned that back two years into your marriage that you kind of maybe had a little bit of an epiphany of maybe you needed to change some things. Was it any one thing or was it uh, an outside influence or just kind of an aha moment or what was kind of that that turning point for you back early in your marriage? I would say it was a couple of things. So our first, um, we got married really young and our first child was was born a year after we were married. And I think I was 20 years old. I was, I was 20 years old when he was born and he had a growth on his esophagus. So he had to be in surgery for when he was two months old and we had to take off a whole month of work, which we barely made. I think we made each maybe combined $15 an hour and realizing, you know, we still had our jobs when we came back, but we weren't getting any money while we were there. So realizing, oh, wow, if we don't actually just go clock in, like there has to be another way. And we didn't know what that answer was at that point, right? But I think going through that, we really realized it wasn't really serving us, right? And we didn't have the resources. And at that point, we weren't thinking, oh, we should open our own business. But I think that that like led into... So I think, you know, when we're going through our life and there's these little these little drops of wisdom, right, that happen and we don't get the whole truth. So no matter what you're going through right now, you might be getting drops of wisdom, but you don't have the full picture yet. So we didn't have the full picture, but then, a you know, fast forward a couple of years and we had another kid and then I was pregnant with our third and Mike was working out of town continuously. Like he was gone for the whole nine months that I was pregnant and I was basically a single mom and with two toddlers and it was was horrible. I was like, I don't want to live like this. This is not what I signed up for. And so if we're going to work this hard, let's do it for ourselves. And so did you start seeking outside help from, did you know people to reach out to, or did you just kind of through information? I'm at 20 years ago ish, right? I would imagine at least as far as for me, as far as information isn't as readily available today or back then as it is today. I mean, did you, did you have some people to, to kind of latch onto to give some guidance or did you just kind of figure it out as you went? Well, it's interesting because I don't think that, you know, as far as our business, we just were so desperate and wanted that so much. We partnered with somebody who was had maybe some more experience in the field of plumbing and HVAC. That was our first business. But 
at the same time, no business experience with that partner either. So it's interesting that you even asked that question because we didn't, we didn't seek any advice of like, should we do this? Like, shouldn't we do this? We didn't really have anybody in our life that we could even call on for that piece of it. We just jumped in and figured it out as we went. We did hire a coach right away um, because we didn't know what we were doing. We were like, what do we do? <laughs> um, and we hired, you know, a couple of different coaches just to help us with what it looked like as far as like, the business side, and then also how do we grow this company? So I think that that was an advantage that we had of, you know, making sure that we, because we didn't know, we were just like, well, we'll pay whatever we need to, to learn what we need to learn. Um, I also think, you know, now that you're making, you're making me think back during that time. So I was doing the books and I'm not really, I'm not, I was just saying, I'm not a detailed person. So I'm probably not the best person to do the books, but that was it, right? And so we had an, a, a CPA that really helped us and taught us and kind of held our hands through that process too. So we definitely did reach out. I think we hired lawyers and um, CPAs right away. And I think that's something we did well in the beginning is making sure we had the right team and not cutting corners around, you know, setting up our LLCs and things like that. We really sought advice in that, those areas. That's awesome. That's awesome. Which that actually might lead into the second question then as far as it, the next one is about your challenge. Can you think of uh, a great challenge that you've had, whether it be through your just personal life or even business? And then what did you learn from that challenge? And uh, yeah, just as anything that you can think of that even drums up from your past. Can you think of anything like that? Oh my gosh, I have so many challenges. <laughs> Do you want a business one or a personal one? Hey, we can go with both if you're if you're interested in wanting to go there. Yeah. Uh, anything to, that you think that would be valuable for the folks listening, right? So the, the idea of the podcast is to really help people bridge the gap from where they are to where they want to be, right? So it's those days back when you're in your 20s and you and Mike were just trying to figure it out. Same thing yeah. with my wife and I, right? You don't necessarily know but if you can get some gleams of, you know, like you say, nuggets of wisdom that can just help keep pointing people in the right direction. That, that's what we're looking for. So, yeah, if you feel, you know, yeah. honor, feel like you something that you want to share, feel free. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm going to actually give one from it was actually more more recent. It was a year ago, a challenge that we had went through um, and it's more personal, but it's also has a business side. So I would say that last year was one of our toughest years. Mike and I have ever had um, in our relationship as far as not in our marriage, but in our life, just cir circumstances, you know, um, coming at us. And, you know, we, we were in a, a partnership deal, we were getting ready to partner with this other person in our business. So and it was huge. And we've been working on it for a year. And so that was happening. And then in the midst of that, our son's fiance's brother and, and our son's best friend took his life. And he had just moved here. And so he took his life. And during that time, you know, we were really woken up to like the fact that life is so short and people really, really matter. And I think, you know, Mike and I have not ever had any losses that are close to us. So having to parent your kid through a loss like that was a really, really huge challenge and not really having all the answers. But I learned so much through that of, of having so much compassion for people and, understanding what they need during those seasons of of death and i think death is such a hard topic because we don't we want to avoid it right we don't know how to show up and i used to be that person i didn't know how to show up for people i i didn't know the questions to ask really just knowing now that people just need to know you're there and they just need somebody to sit with them sometimes and cry with them and be compassionate with them so i feel like i learned a lot through that process and 
it's, we're still going through it, right? Like it's pretty fresh. It was like a year ago, actually last weekend. So this last weekend we had, you know, the anniversary of that. There's a lot of emotions that come up, you know, with that. So, you know, sitting with that, we canceled two different things this weekend because we knew that we needed to be there. We didn't expect that. But then when, you know, the time came, it was like, we knew we needed to be there. Um, but then right after that, the deal that we were working on, fell apart. And I feel like, you know, sometimes, and maybe you're one of these people that are listening right now, sometimes when it, you know, you hear that saying, when it rains, it pours, it's like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. And, you know, when you're tore up in your personal life or your relationships, it makes it really hard to be strong in your professional life. And they bleed together like nobody's business. And if you have a business or even in your career, right, like they're, they're together. It's like a braid. It's what makes our life. So we can't separate it as much as we want to be like, have this balance. We can't really separate it. So, you know, really just surrendering. I feel like it was a year of surrender. And I think that's was my biggest lesson, lesson this last year was surrendering to maybe what God wants. And also knowing this is a belief that I have. And I feel like I, this last year, I really leaned into it and more than I ever have, because when we're going through hard times, it's really easy to just like want the feeling to go away, right? We want to shake it off. We want to escape it. We want to run. We want to hide. And I leaned in for the first time in my entire life last year. And I just said, Hey, this is where we're at. And as much as this doesn't feel good, and as much as we're having to pivot, and as much as we're having to lean into this, I'm going to just sit in it and I'm going to trust. And I'm going to surrender to what's next because one thing I do know, and I think everybody can kind of look back at their past. There's been, you know, you asked me if I've ever had any lessons, like I could count like millions of them, right? There's so many of them. And if we can look back on our life and see all of the challenge this, that we've overcame. And so what I did during that, those times is I was like, you know what? I've made it out of, and I recounted all of the times, whether it was personal business. And I said, this is how I got out of it. This is what, you know, the lessons that I learned. And I can either get in my mind and try to figure things out in my own strength, or I can surrender and not get carried away in my like emotions and in calming my nervous system. Because really at the end of the day, there was not much I could do in either of those circumstances. It was like, it's either we got to re-pivot our business. I got to be here for my kids. There wasn't a lot that I could do. I could only surrender in those moments. So I think that was my biggest lesson. And that is when times are tough, how can you surrender quicker? Because that's really where the magic is, is when you can surrender into something and not let it overtake your life and overtake your emotions. And I didn't get emotional about it. I was like, hey, this is black. This is black and white. This is what it looks like. And we either go this direction or we go this direction. And Mike and I really banded together too, where, you know, at times maybe I could have been like, hey, you know, I had a red flag. You know, we could kind of play that game against each other. And it was like, hey, we're on a team and we're going to go forward and we're going to do this. And something rose up in me and in us to like, Hey, we can do, we don't need a partner in this. Like we can do this ourselves. We can, we can overcome this. So I think that that's just a lesson that I learned is like surrendering quicker. I love that word, the surrender word. So do, so to just kind of just piggyback off that thought a little bit more, do you have any for yourself, right? Cause every one of us can be a little bit different, but did you try to get journaling? Was there, is there anything that you did to maybe help yourself do it a little quicker? Is it more writing? Is it more just some silent time? Did you listen to certain, you see where I'm going with that question? Did yeah, you, totally. Is there anything you did to help? Yes, definitely. Um, I'm a big journaler. So I journal pretty much every day, but I did journal during that time. Um, I'm also, I think 
God is huge in my life and I couldn't have made it through that season without God. So I really leaned into God during that time, knowing that that he has everything. Um, and I, and I stood on a couple of things. So one of the things that I stood on is everything is working out for my good. That's something that I stood on because no matter what was happening, I know that there's going to be good through it. So I really, really just reminded myself of that every day of everything is working for my good. No matter if it looks really messy right now, no matter if it looks really dark right now, everything is working out for my good because I know, and I serve a God who wants the best for me. And I think that that was a huge thing for me is just relying on God. And then also being in clear communication with Mike. And I think if you have a partner, just making sure you're on the same page in difficult times, whether it's emotionally, financially, in your business, whatever that is, is we were really clear on our communication during that time and supportive of each other. So instead of saying, you know, pointing fingers and blaming, we could encourage each other. So I was encouraging him like, you can do this, you know, and he was encouraging me, right? So I think that that was a huge thing of what helped us through that is having those habits of making sure we're staying in a positive mindset because it's easy to get into a negative mindset during those times. Um, And then also dealing with, and we'll probably get into this, but dealing with my nervous system because mindset work is powerful, right? Like we all know, like you can read books and we can do mindset work, but where our body stores it, anything traumatic is stored in our body. So making sure that I was releasing that through breath, movement, um, sound in my body so that I wasn't staying stuck in that, in that situation. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you're right. We will get into that because that's a very uh, big part of your story. And it's uh, been something that has been ex- I've experienced personally, too. So we'll definitely dive a little bit further into that. So I appreciate you sharing that. But yeah, the life happening for you versus against you. I've lost both of my parents at early ages. And so I've had to continuously just keep telling myself that everything happens for a reason. You might not understand why in the moment, and it might be painful, it might be hurtful, it might be all of those things that aren't necessarily positive, but you've got to try to figure out a way to find some kind of a positive and keep moving forward. And so, yeah, that that story, I resonate with that 100%. So I appreciate you sharing that. Hopefully that will serve someone out there listening today. So going kind of piggybacking and going almost back to the first question is back to your 20-year-old self. I'm super passionate about the younger generation. Uh, I've got kids in their 20s. They're all out there trying to start figuring out what this world is all about. And so I really want to try to give back to those, and they don't have to necessarily be in their 20s, but just folks that are just, maybe they've, they're becoming aware that life isn't exactly what they thought it was supposed to be, right? And so it's like, now what? It's like, you get to that point, and it's like, okay, now what? Well, so that's where I was curious, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self and give her some wisdom, something that you've you know gained from your years of experience since then. Can you think of any one thing that you wish you would have told yourself or what that you could tell could have told yourself back then when you were 20? Yes, I think I would tell her to dream bigger, mm. to think bigger. I didn't know what was possible, um, which I love this question because I think we can, when we go backwards or we can go, and then we can also go forwards with that question because I I can tell myself that now today because of what I've went through, right? I, what I saw my 20 year old self and what I thought was possible when I was 20 was so minimal. And so I can also do that for myself today from a future version of myself, right? From maybe a 60 year old version of myself of there's so much more possible than what you're thinking, you're limiting your thinking. And so I think I would tell her to dream bigger, to expand um, 
and to allow herself to dream. Because sometimes I think we limit ourselves thinking, well, you know, this is enough or, you know, just not knowing what's possible. So I think I would just encourage her to expand, to get around people who are dreaming bigger. That would be a big one for me is find people who are dreaming really big and doing the things that you would want to do and just be around them. Because, you know, we can take courses, we can take lessons, but the more we're just in proximity of people who are doing the things we want to do and, and what's possible, like that just opens up doors and opens up opportunities like none other. So that idea is just really recent to me, as crazy as that sounds, the getting around folks that are thinking, being, doing bigger. Uh, I've caught, I've had the do-it-yourself-itis for mm. my entire life, uh, just trying to figure it out, struggle, you know what I mean? And, and realizing that getting in the rooms with folks that are, number one, caring, loving, supportive, but will also kick in the butt when you need that too, right? And you need yeah. a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, to show you what's what is possible. Yeah. Uh, you don't really even realize that it is. It really can be. You can have both. You can have a fantastic family. You can have a fantastic life. You can have things, right? Whether they're big things, small things, it doesn't matter. It's whatever means to you, right? But you can have it all. Have the experiences. So I appreciate that answer because that is exactly what I try to convey to younger folks as well. You've got to get in the rooms. You've mm -hmm. got to invest the time. Look to add value to folks that are doing exactly what you want to do. And you'll be surprised at how quickly you're going to get some wisdom, some ideas, some opportunities. Uh, it's just an, an amazing thing that I didn't, I didn't even know that was, I didn't even know that. That's yeah. how I was raised was to just do it yourself, figure it out, keep, you know, keep everything as close to your best as you could. So anyway, I really just really appreciate that that answer. So thank you for going there. Is there anything else as far as for folks that maybe even are in the beginning stages of that? Do you have any uh, suggestions as to where they might be able to find different groups or, or anything like that from it can be from a financial standpoint or even from it's like you were talking about the personal development standpoint from your mental mindset into, you know, your into your um, physical abilities as well. Is there anything that you would suggest as far as people to try to check out? You know, it's interesting because as you were talking and saying you didn't know, I also didn't know. Like it took years for me to find out that there was actually rooms of people doing things I wanted to do. But I do remember in my early 20s after we had started our business thinking, gosh, like we would go to some church conferences and I'd be like, is there anything for like businesses? I just had no clue. And, you know, there's so much resources today. Like I don't even think the internet really was I wasn't what it is today. But I'll just yeah, say that. No, I'm totally aging myself. <laughs> no, me too, right? I mean, we're not so talking, I think, the internet isn't really that old at all. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so I think um, there's such an advantage for this next generation and for people right now, because no matter what you're interested in, you can just Google whatever that is, whether it's real estate investing or how do, how do I change who I am? How do I change? You know, there's so many resources out there and you can Google it and find books, podcasts, YouTube. Um, and usually when you find somebody who you're drawn to, and I would even say, this is going to be a little maybe woo-woo for some people, but if you're, if you're considering something or you're want, really desiring a coach or, you know, somebody to teach you, I would say, you know, Google the words that you're looking for and then put it out there like, Hey, draw me to the right person. And you'll know when it's somebody you're supposed to be connected with, because it feels different. You're just like, so drawn into them. And the reason you're drawn to them is for, a, it's for a reason, right? Because they have something that you need to enter into your next season. So 
I think that would be my first suggestion is just like utilizing Google, utilizing um, <laughs> the resources that we have and see, and then start listening, start listening to podcasts, start reading some books. And if there's somebody you're like, oh, I really like what they're teaching, or I'm really drawn to this, then maybe there's something there. And most people offer some kind of programs, not everyone, but if even if they don't, they have somebody. So you could reach out to them and a lot of people, you know, are scared to like DM somebody if they have a podcast or a book, but people love to help. Like that's one thing I've learned is people love to help. Now I'm not going to call up Robert Kiyosaki or DM him and say, Hey, can I, you know, take you to coffee? Because I don't have that relationship with him, but I could say, Hey, where's a resource? And he would probably, or his team might point me in a direction of where I need to go. So just keeping that in mind, most people are willing to give you some kind of a direction of where you can get more of the resources. That has been my experience. Showing up with a giving energy rather than just coming, showing up to take from mm -hmm. folks has been the difference between having a relationship, having the conversations that lead to so many things relatively quickly. Yes. And they, folks are wanting to give. I'm wanting to give. If anybody I'm willing to help is to my knowledge base, right? To is what I know, right? I'm willing to share, hence the reason why we're having this recording today, the content that I'm trying to produce. So yes, that's been my experience as well, is that folks are wanting to give as much as they possibly can. Uh, it's just a matter of you've got to be willing to give back, right? Yeah. Sometimes that requires some time. Sometimes that requires a little bit of money. Uh, yeah. It just depends on the situation. Sometimes the things are free. Uh, yeah, it, that uh, is very good advice. And so I appreciate yeah. you sharing that as well. I will say, you know, you just made a couple of comments and I, I really want to hone in on the paid part of it because Mike and I have paid for a lot of, even the relationships that we have, we've paid to be in rooms where we could have proximity with those people. And it's paid off a thousand million times what that cost is. And I think so many people are scared to make an investment, but when you invest in something, it's like you're requiring something back from that. When we're getting just free stuff, there's not as much pressure of something, you know, we're not expecting that that to come back as quickly. When you put money on the line, we show up different. We show up different in that room. We show up different on that course. Um, so I would encourage you too, to find things that maybe you're going to have to pay for. It doesn't have to be something ridiculously expensive. Maybe it is. Maybe your first, our first coach was $100,000. We did not have $100,000. Um, but we knew we needed the knowledge that they have. So I think we just have to look at it from a different point of view and perspective because we're taught that we need to go to school and get it so that we can get a job, right? So that we could someday retire. Well, when you go to school, you have to pay and we don't think anything of that, but then yet we think differently when it's actually learning skills that can actually make you millions, right? So I think it's shifting our perspective around that as well. So the self-education piece, right? When you get out of school, quote unquote school, right? That's when life begins. Mm -hmm. And that's when the journey of investing in yourself, whether it be investing your time, finding those mentors, finding those coaches, investing in those programs and in those people showing up, like you've said, it'll make you become a better person to show up in a room with folks that are living life at a larger level than you are. And mm -hmm. doing that will bring you along there as well, which is yeah. super exciting. So yeah, hundred percent believe that. So Russell Gray from the real estate guys, he always says that it's not what the it's not the money that it'll cost you to be in the room. It's what it'll cost you by not being in the room is what you mm. really need to factor in. And, and mm -hmm. that question always rings in my mind when I'm actually thinking about investing or not investing in either a program. It's it's do those folks in that room, are they going to be able to 
bring value to me or am I going to be able to be able to bring value to them? Right. And it's a, it's a reciprocal thing. And if you can do that, then absolutely you need to be in the room. So you've made mention a few times there as far as the idea. So the idea or the opportunity will show up and then you will feel differently, right? Whether you should or shouldn't continue on. So I would love to go a little bit further into the whole mind, body, emotional. We all have it. Right. Mm-hmm. So anybody that is saying that they don't, that's not necessarily true, but it's being able to harness it, right? Become aware that it's there. So one thing that you do, I know for sure, is that you do what's called breath work. And there might be more of a technical term for that. And I would love for you to, to you know, get a little bit deeper into that. But can you describe how folks can take these ideas, you get opportunities presented to you, it will make you feel a little bit different, right? But then it's like, how do you know whether to make the decision to leap, to stay? It's like you mentioned before about how you kind of bottle things up. And if you don't get those things out of you, you just don't know exactly where to even how to to proceed further in your in your journey. So can you talk about breath work, that mind body uh, connection and how we can use that to, to move forward better in our lives? Yes, I love this conversation, obviously. <laughs> so we're made up of spirit, body, and soul, right? And most of the time, we're spending a lot of our time in our mind and our thoughts and things like that. And the, the thing is, is our mind is run like a computer system. So it's like a, a laptop, right? It's just, it's running off signals that our body is giving. And we all no matter who you are, we all have some kind of events in our life that have caused trauma to us. Now, it could be something very traumatic. There's no scale on it, though. So I want to be really, I really want to drive that point in it is it doesn't matter if like, you know, somebody may have been raped when they were little. That's very, very traumatic. And you might have had your mom look at you weird and say no. And that might have caused the same amount of trauma. So you can't judge trauma based on what that experience is. So everybody has experienced trauma in some way, shape, or form. And so if you think about um, the little girl who, or the little boy who maybe the mom looked at him wrong or they had something happen to them when they were younger, and most of these things are happening, they're happening all the time. But in our early stages, you know, most people will die with the same mindset that they had when they were seven years old. They will die with that. And the reason why is because it's programmed into us when we're from the ages of zero to seven, everything, our belief systems, everything that our parents teach us, schools teach us, whether you're in any kind of religion, that's all ingrained in you. And so same thing with trauma work, right? So anything that traumatic happened, what happens is our body creates a memory from that. So it creates a feeling. And so when something is similar to that, it sends up a signal. So when I was talking about earlier, earlier about um, how I went through that year and how I was, you know, really tapping into my body and making sure I was taking care of that, what would happen is a past memory would pop up. So you asked me if I've had lessons, a million, right? So an old one of those stories would pop up and I would have those memories start coming up. And what happens is our mind wants to shut it down because we don't want to deal with it. So if somebody was molested, you know, you'll hear they got, they blacked out or raped or something really traumatic like that. They'll black out. Why do they black out? Because our body is so smart that it knows we need to black out because we can't handle what is happening, can't handle in the moment. But what happens is it creates a pattern. So then our body starts taking control of that and it's sending signals up to our mind, but our mind doesn't want to deal with it. Our mind's like, hey, no, 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 no. That's too much emotion. That's anger. That's um, 
maybe some crying, you know, sadness. And I don't want to feel that. And I'm sure everybody can relate to that where, I don't know if you've ever had that throat thing happen where your throat starts kind of closing in and you're like, or your eyes are watering. You're like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. You're literally having to hold it in, but all the body needs to do is release. So you can interrupt me at any time because I know I'm kind of going. Not at all. This is fantastic. Please go. (laughs) If you look at toddlers and the way that they throw fits or they get angry and they just kind of scream and move their bodies and do things like that, that's a natural way for them to release whatever that emotion is. They throw a fit and they're over it, right? We as adults have been trained, you don't act like that. So then we just stuff. And then that's why you will see in relationships or in businesses where people will hold things and then there's some kind of event where they can't handle it anymore. And there's an explosion or there's a release and, you know, things get way blown out of proportion because they haven't been dealing with that. So the cool thing about breath work, so we can release that through breath, through um, movement, moving our body um, and through sound. So making sounds, crying, screaming, things like that. Um, And breath work is just a tool that I've found that is really, really powerful in that. If you go out into, I don't know, in the middle of Africa and there's a gazelle out there and he gets attacked, he will, and say he lives, there's actually videos online. You can go and Google this. Um, He'll go back to his tribe or he'll stay there and say that whoever's attacking him leaves Um, and he will shake. You'll see him shake because he's releasing that energy and that traumatic event so that it doesn't stay in the body. Does that make sense? Of course. Yes, it does. So we're the same. We're Us as humans, we are the same, but we just have not been taught how to release this. So for instance, if if you're feeling angry or you have maybe anger issues, you can go and take a pillow in your room and scream into it or punch it, right? But we're not taught tools like that. I was not taught tools like that. I didn't teach my kids tools like that because I didn't learn this until later on. But you know, now today I would say, Hey, you know, I, I know I'm noticing you're feeling kind of angry. Here's a punching bag, put a punching bag up in the garage for them to release what that is. So that's kind of like the whole connection between, um, somatic and which is just soma means body. So that's just the difference between the body and the mind. So we can work on the mind all day long, but if our body is still sig- sending signals, that's why you'll see people who have like blocks or limiting things that they can't seem to break through because they're trying to power through with their mind. And the mind's just running off the computer system. The wisdom is held in the body. And we're so disconnected from what that bo- the body is. I'm going pretty deep here. Sorry. <laughs> no, this is, this is fantastic. So I can speak from experience. You helped me and you, you may or may not even realize that you did. It was about a week ago. We were on a call. I had an experience. Uh, we were in the process of trying to acquire a business. And so I got challenged by the owner uh, with just basic, what probably seems like basic questions. But this person challenged me and you you looked straight in the camera. We were on Zoom just like we are today. And you said, she challenged your manhood, basically. And I sat with that and you are 100, you were 100% correct to the point where it was stirring up emotions in me that, from past, from trauma mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the past, that had I not, because I've been working on myself really hard for about two years, really hard from the mental, you know what I mean? All that. Two years ago, you saying that to me, I probably would have gotten upset. You know what I mean? Taking it even more personal. Mm-hmm. 
But that's exactly what had happened was that I was being, so the, the drama in my past was being stirred up by these questions that were, were important or weren't important. That's, that's up for debate. But had I not had that experience, right? So you had the, the mental, had the idea, but then it, it was stirring up feelings inside of my body to then, how do I release that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of, of both having yes. the mental experience, having the awareness that it's taking place, but then having a release, that's kind of the, the secret or that's what I'm hearing you talk about is the release of those emotions and not trying to continue to keep them bottled in. Mm-hmm. You bringing that to my awareness allowed me then to then deal with it. And I have been dealing with it since then uh, through conversations or, or journaling, mm-hmm. a lot of things in my own self. So I just wanted to uh, thank you you know, for helping me see that. And I just wanted to use that as an example. I don't know if you want to piggyback off of that. I, it, the the conversation was relatively fresh. So you might have remember that conversation. Um, but yeah, I don't know if any a part of that resonates or kind of goes along with, with what you're talking about. Yeah, I about love that you brought that up experience. and are willing to share that because sure. um, what happens, you know, you asked me the question of how do you know if the feelings are correct? Because what does happen is you know, those feelings were coming up and you could have been like, oh, this is my intuition telling me. But really it was an instinct of your body protecting you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's really important that we do start connecting with the body. We do start kind of dissecting because your intuition and instinct are so closely linked, right? And, And our instinct is meant to protect us and it's there for a good reason. But sometimes because of past events, you know, and things that have happened in our past, it creates an instinct that maybe doesn't need to be there um, for that moment. So becoming more in tune with what our body is is telling us, the more we can clear out that, then then our intuition is going to be more clear and we're going to be more tuned into what God really wants because we're removing all of the things that are blocking. It's like it's blocking who, and that's actually, so we have to release, this is what one of my mentors always talks about. We have to release those emotions, release those sounds, release those things, or else what happens in the body if you don't release? Disease. Disease kicks in, right? Disease. Yeah, yeah. disease. What, yeah. So whether it's disease in your emotions or actual physical diseases happening in our bodies. And I think, you know, especially with people who are high performers or people who, I mean, everybody, but I do see this a lot with people who are high performers where continually in that hamster wheel of like achieving the next thing and not really ever dealing with, okay, but what is on the, what's going on really in the body and tuning into that. So breathwork is for me, breathwork, there's all kinds of different breathwork uh, modalities out there. The one that I'm trained in is somatic breathwork. And really it's a, a breathwork session. It's about an hour long. It's pretty intense in the beginning, but the whole point of it is it puts you in a state of, it puts your nervous system in a state of like, almost like panic, like that heightened state. And it, we do that on purpose so that we can release because most of the time when we're in that heightened state, we just want to smash it down. So we want to get ourselves to that heightened. So by doing the breath work, we get ourselves to that place where we can actually release sound, release in movement and and by breathing. And breathing is the only thing that you can do consciously and unconsciously which is pretty cool. There's so much power in our breath and there's so much scientific evidence of it. And so I really love breath work because there's the science part of it, but then there's also a real emotional healing that can happen through doing breath work. And I don't know if you want to dive into that anymore or I'll let you well, take it. 
just going to give another example. We went through a session, a breathwork session, and I had never, I was familiar with the term because with the work I'm doing on myself, right? I've been exposed to the idea. I have not actually been through a, a session with a trained individual such as yourself. So we did that recently, about maybe six weeks ago, five, six weeks ago. And I was going through my notes. I shared this with you before we hit record. I was going, because what you had us do as soon as we were finished, you had us journal, kind of just get it all out of our heads. What, what are we feeling? What are we thinking? What, what did we experience? And so that's what we did, right? We took 10, 15, 20 minutes. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but what I wrote down at the very first sentence was that that was by far the most interesting experience. I'm still tingling from head to toe. That was my physical experience. Mm-hmm. And from there, it took me for so part of my drama. And, and I'll be getting into more of this in detail in, in other episodes. But I lost my mom when I was in my early 20s to breast cancer. And that's been something that still weighs on me today. And through my this session with you, it took me back to that moment that night when we I was sitting by her bedside and I was telling her that because she was fighting, she, you could just she was unconscious, but you could just see and tell that she was fighting to stay with us. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling her, holding her hand, sitting by the bedside, just mom, it's okay, it's okay, just here go, just go, we're good. Meaning mm-hmm. I'm the oldest, I've got a younger brother, my dad, right. That's what I was meaning. I didn't even know what I was meaning at 20 years old, but that's what the, mm-hmm. that's the feelings I had. So what came back for me was that my mom then came back to me and was telling me that it was okay for me to go and that it was all right for me to move on and go out there and be, do, mm-hmm. right? All of the things that I'm trying to, to be, but I'm holding myself back from mm-hmm. all of that trauma in my past that I'm working through. Mm-hmm. So I'll stop there, but that's kind of what my first experience with this breath work was. And so if someone is thinking, okay, yeah, this, I need this, right? Because it's one of those things you've got to be willing to go through the experience. If you just sit there and just kind of just go through the motions and you're not going to get much out of it. But if you really go all out, play full out, and you told us that from the beginning, just let go, play full out. Trust me that I've got you. I remember you saying that several times as well that in the end, you will have the experience that you're, that you were meant to have at that moment. So if someone is listening to this right now and thinking, okay, yeah, I probably need to experience something like that. Do you have any words of wisdom, any places for them to kind of go see uh, if this is something that would be you know beneficial for them moving forward? Yeah. I think, you know, if there's all kinds of, like I said, lots of different modalities for breath work. Um, this specific one, somatic breath work, there's practitioners everywhere. So you could even look up on um, their website. You could look up practitioners in that. I, what I will say with breath work is it's different every experience and you don't know what you're going to experience when you go into it. And the facilitator doesn't even know what you're going to experience. And they don't know what you're experiencing the entire time. They're literally there just to guide you through it. And I think that's what I really love about breath work is it's not, um, you know, I could go to therapy and get, you know, somebody could tell me things, or I could just go to the source and go to God and me. It's really you, your breath and God, and you're in control of it. And that's what I love about it is it's not, nobody's telling you what to think. Nobody's telling you, like, I had no idea what you were experiencing through that. So I feel like it's a very safe place for people. And some people have really, you know, visual things like maybe you did where 
something like that is happening. And some people just feel peace or some people just release or some people laugh, right? So everybody's experience is completely different. Um, But I can say that my very first breathwork session I had, I had the most breakthroughs that I'd ever had in my entire life of working with coaches, working with um, therapists ever in a one single session there, you can just accomplish so much more because we're dealing with the body, the source of it, not staying up in the mind. Yeah. So it's very impactful. So if folks are interested in learning more about this or any other types of, you know, just dealing with the whole mind body experience mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to navigate through any traumas, as you mentioned, we've all had, we all have them. It's just a yep. matter of whether or not you're going to allow them and experience them uh, to release them. I love that yes. word, release them and to let them be. Well, Kara, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, we could go on and on and on and on. That's one thing I love about you is that every time we get a chance to talk, I just feel like we can continue on uh, with any, any any topic that we've got going on. One thing we didn't talk about is is your couples. And that's another big experience. And I just want to give you just a couple of minutes that you talked about having your partnership with your husband has probably been one of the most impactful things that you, that's really been in your life, whether it be for you personally or for your family and, and your businesses and that type of thing. Can you talk a little bit about that partnership and how that is such an impactful piece of navigating even through this mm-hmm. challenges and dramas of life? Can you can you give everybody just a little bit of, of wisdom with that? Yeah, well, I think your partnership, the person you decide to marry and spend your life with is the absolute most important decision you will ever make. And just making sure that you do marry the right person. And I think, you know, there's maybe people who are listening to this and they're like, I know I married the right person, but we feel like we're kind of off track and that can happen too. So I just want to, you know, really focus on that piece of it is making sure we're staying aligned. Um, We had somebody come speak at, you guys were at that, at the Next Level Couples um, event in November and he quoted Esther Perel, and she says, you know, you'll marry three people in your life. The question is, will it be with the same person? And I really love that because, you know, you're not the same person that Stacy married, you know, however many years ago, 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. Right. And I'm not the same person that Mike married, and he's not the same person um, that I married. But we've grown together. And I think that that's something that, you know, just making sure that you're staying on the same page through seasons and through different, you know, we're both entering in seasons where our kids are leaving the house, right? So that's a totally different season. Things look differently. If you're opening a business, that looks different, right? Like there's different challenges for each season and different blessings too, because every season has the blessing and also the part that's maybe a little more challenging. And so making sure that you're staying on the same page, but then also being surrounded with other couples. One thing Mike and I really noticed once we did find the rooms to be in is there was lacking places where couples could actually stay aligned together and grow together because we want to grow. Everybody wants to grow. But if you're growing in different directions or one of you is growing and one of you is just kind of, you know, maybe they're not going into the rooms because that room doesn't really satisfy what they're wanting to get into, right? How do you make sure you're growing together? And so that's really why we created the couples, Next Level Couples Mastermind is because we want to be surrounded with other couples who want to do life together, who want to stay connected and who want to do cool, go on cool trips and have cool experiences, um, but also like challenge each other too. You know, I think that's one thing that I've been really blessed with is, 
if I say I'm going, or if I decide I'm going to do something, Mike doesn't let me just, he requires the best of me. And I think that that's a a really great thing in a relationship. It's easy to just let people off the hook. But if you really love somebody, you're going to call them up to their best version of themselves. You're not going to let them slip to a lower version of themselves of the past or what that looks like, right? So I think that that's the really awesome thing about the Next Level Couple is we've created a culture where we do call each other up and we do challenge each other, but we also love each other and have a lot of fun too. I can vouch for all of that. Yeah, this the, the short time that we've been involved has been a fantastic experience. And so, yeah, I would encourage anybody that is listening that is looking to level up their relationship, level up their group of folks that they're running with. Um, this would be a great place to uh, take a look at. So if there's if there's anything that folks are obviously taking away from this and they want to figure out and learn more about Karen and the next level couples and a little bit more about breath work, where's the best place that people can reach you and, and find more about, about you and the things that you offer? Yeah, probably for me, I hang out a lot on Instagram. So Kara underscore Ayala, um, you can just DM me there. If you're interested in, um, in any of these topics, you can DM me. I love DMs. I love when people come and chat with me in there. Um, but if you're interested in the next level couples, you can go to nextlevelcouple.com and there'll be information there of how to get involved with that. Um, But otherwise, yeah, just reach out to me and I'd love to chat with you. Sounds great. Well, Karen, I really appreciate your time. It's been a fantastic conversation. As I mentioned, we could go on and on and on, but unfortunately we need to to wrap it up this time. Hopefully we'll have a chance to do it again. So folks, I hope you found a lot of value in this episode. Uh, Kara brings it every time that I have a chance to talk to her. So hopefully, like I said, you, you found some value. Reach out to her. Take her up on her offer. DM her. Uh, get connected. Uh, learn from folks that are a little bit further down the road maybe than you are. And take, take those experiences, put them into action, and you never know where you're going to end up. So once again, Kara, thanks for being on the show. And uh, we'll look forward to connecting again real soon. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor Jim Roden shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends. 